0: Well, again, everyone, welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. As always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, or even during a pandemic, what better way to end your day with a nice, cold, frothy Labatt Blue? It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, but we always ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's bring in the director of amateur scouting, for the Detroit Red Wings, no stranger, former Grindliner, four-time Stanley Cup champion, Chris Draper, and it is our annual. This is number four, and Chris has been on this uh, this podcast a lot, but we are looking at the draft. They just concluded 2020 draft a couple of weeks ago. Let's bring Chris in. Chris, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Art. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me on again. Well, you know, always. It's always an in- open invitation for you. Um with before we get into it, and as usual, our tradition is is we'll go through uh, all twelve players that the Red Wings drafted uh, uh, on uh, in early October. But before we get into that, I just want you know, kind of lay of the land. How did COVID nineteen impact the way you were going to uh, you were able to scout these prospects and affect how you drafted them?
1: Um. Well, obviously, uh, you know, we came to, uh, you know, a halt probably March 12th or 13th and around there um, with obviously, uh, you know, everything, um, you know, shutting down uh, the pandemic hit, you know, not only sports, but you name it, um, you know, so that was, uh, that was definitely, you know, a tough time and a scary time. And, uh, you know, we, I know the one thing that, that I always kept saying was just hoping everyone was going to be safe and healthy, but you know, for for us, um, you know, really probably from uh the shutdown, um, you know, all the way probably till up to August. It was just a lot of uh we were doing prospect interviews, um uh, using uh, Microsoft Teams and and we interviewed, you know, prospects from you know all around the world. Um, you know, tried to gather, <clears throat> you know, information, um, you know, talk uh, you know, talk to Uh, potential Detroit Red Wing draft picks, um, you know, and just kind of ask, you know, it's, 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 it's unprecedented what's going on. You know, what can you do? Um, You know, obviously everything was different, whether you're in Canada and and provincial provinces were different, you know, in the United States, obviously states were different over in Europe, you know, countries were different of what everyone could do. So, you know, those were the questions of, of what we were asking. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, and then it was just going back and kind of, you know, re-watching some games that we've seen or, or just watching games that, you know, that we weren't there live and then had the opportunity to watch on video, going back and watching that. And then obviously, you know, Europe, Europe opened up in, uh, you know, in, in August and we were able to, you know, watch some hockey over there. Um, you know so that's kind of really you know how it was uh you know obviously here in north america it's starting you know it's starting to come we're starting to watch some hockey, but before the draft there wasn't uh there wasn't hockey to watch in europe there was um you know so that's kind of you know what we did it was uh there was a lot of interviews um you know we did that we went over that we went back watching video and then there's just a lot of calls with our staff uh you know we had you know a lot of calls as an entire staff, you know, we had calls with, uh, you know, North America talking about North American prospects, same thing with Europe. So that's really what, uh, what I was doing from, you know, the time that uh, the season ended up until the draft. Uh-
0: I'm kind of curious, uh, and we will get into the draft here and, and ask a question specifically about that. I know leagues are going in Europe. Some Red Wing draft picks are are, are, are playing, uh, and then there's several that are either slated to go into American college or go back to their, their junior teams, the Canadian Hockey League, which is the Quebec League, the Ontario League, and the Western Hockey League. Uh is everything on schedule that way, or do you think that there could still be a pause for North American hockey, which encompasses, as I said, colleges and the junior leagues?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm just going with with what we hear. I know there's you know there's preparation for the Quebec League started. Um, it is actually it's it 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 actually unfortunately had a, a two week shutdown, except for in the Maritimes. And, you know, they they're still playing, Um, you know, so we have the opportunity to watch, you know, those games and and those prospects on video. So the Quebec League was the first Canadian league to start up. Um, It sounds like everything's going to be hopefully up and running again with the whole league, Quebec League, by the end of the month. uh, You know, that's something that we just have to wait and see. Um, And then really with uh, with Ontario and and the Western Hockey League, we're in the same situation just, uh, you know, waiting to see what's going on. Same thing with college hockey. Um, You know, we're we're hearing that, you know, in November college hockey is is going to start up. Um, You know, obviously everything that is kind of announced is is certainly tentative with uh, with COVID-19, you know, still out there. Uh, So we just kind of have to wait and see Uh, the USHL is uh, is playing exhibition games preseason games right now um the the development programs u18s and the u17s are playing um you know they're they're up and running right now which is great um and then out in western canada the bc junior league is playing um you know so there is there is hockey to watch obviously the but unfortunately there's also travel restrictions and uh you know i'm right now i'm i'm very limited of of where i can go um, but you know, this is, uh, this is why we have scouts kind of all over the world. So our, you know, scouts out West can go in and watch the BC junior league. Uh, we have two scouts in Quebec, one in, in you know, Maine, Maine, Quebec. Uh, and then we have, uh, another scout that that's in the Maritimes and, and he's actually been able to go watch games, uh, every weekend. And now, like I said, the USHL and the development program is starting up. So, you know, I'm, I'm able to, to do that. I've been able, I was in Minnesota. Uh, to watch Shattuck play uh, one game already, and then uh, I've watched the development program play two, and I'll catch him again this weekend, um, you know, and then get into the USHL at the end of October and into November. So, you know, that's kind of it. It's, uh, we're just really, everything is just tentative. We're just kind of wait and see. We put games up, you know, on our schedule and and, and plan to go, and, and you, you just hope that, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's going to go and the games are going to be played. and. And if not, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just tough. It's tough times right now, and, and it's hard to really get a set schedule. But if the games are going to play, be played and we have an opportunity to have people there, we'll have people there.
0: Uh, Chris, I know without, you know, rece- you know, giving away all kinds of secret information here, the draft was on the 6th and the 7th, uh, uh, first round on the 6th of October and the 7th. As you said, some, some prospects were already playing again because they were in Europe, um, did that change your list that much that you were able to see some guys, or was your list pretty much set and played out the way you thought? Or did this European start with guys playing have an impact on you?
1: Um, you know, not, not really. I mean, obviously, we did we did watch the games. Um, you know, no, no doubt about it. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're you know we ha- we we heavily have heavily relied on, on video. Um, but it was just, you know what? It was good to, it was just good to watch hockey again, live hockey, because a lot of it we were doing was was watching games that have already been played. So, um, you know, it was good to be able to do it. Sometimes, uh, you know, our scouts could get into the building depending on on where it was, and sometimes, you know, they couldn't. But the main thing is, you know, there's opportunities to watch.
0: Well, that's good, and I mean, I know you made the. And as you just said, you're continuing to make the uh, the best of what is a strange situation. Um, you know, being a former, obviously a former player yourself uh, with the uncertainty, do you think this will hinder the development of a young hockey player or because they're all kind of in the same boat that it kind of levels the playing field, if that makes sense?
1: Well, I would say right now for, you know, the the players that that aren't playing and and that that was one of the things that we talked about when we were interviewing these prospects for the draft. You know, they're never going to have this this opportunity again, you know, to be able to, you know, to 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 skate, to work on, you know, power skating, work on skills, work on shooting the puck, off-ice training, you know, with basically uninterrupted, you know, that was one of the things that we really talked about is, you know, take advantage of You know, at the time, it was, you know, four, five, six months of getting into the gym, regular, you know, regular workouts, getting on the ice, working on skills, working on skating. You know, so that was one thing. But, you know, as as a hockey player, you can do it and you can do a lot of it. But in the end, you want to play hockey games. And, you know, that's the hard part right now, Um, basically, for hockey players. Like, obviously, I mean, you know, we just uh, the NHL did an amazing job with the bubble. Um, And everything going through I thought that was you know, it was unbelievable watching games from 12 in the afternoon till 12 at night sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's just just to be able to watch that was uh, it it, to me was 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 so well done. and then, but, you know, there's seven teams and obviously the Detroit Red Wings are one of them that, right. you know, we, there, there hasn't been, they, they haven't played a, a meaningful game. And, and with that said, a meaningful practice either for, for how long, and it's, uh, you know, we're getting into, you know, the end of October, um, you know, it's got to be hard. Your mindset is you, you always know. You always know when you're going to train, you know, when you have to peak, you know, when you have to push it, you know, when you kind of have to pull back a little bit, you know, when training camp's going to start. And, and right now, you know, that's, um, you know, they're just, they're, they're on a wait and see. And it, it's got to be, you know, really hard for these guys. Uh, hockey players just want to play hockey. And unfortunately right now, for the most part, you know, players can't play. So um, for the younger players, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's. It's a very tough situation. It's a very unfortunate situation. Um, you, I know that these guys just want to get back on the ice because, like I said, you know, hockey players just want to play, um, and hopefully, um, you know, with the with the leagues that we just touched on early on, that um, you know, hockey is is starting to come and and it's going to be safe and it's going to be healthy and we can start playing a game that you know everyone loves to play and certainly everyone loves to watch
0: yeah there's no doubt i mean you know know i'm right there in that boat with you you know i mean i have a lot of empathy for what uh what you know, what everybody is going through, the entire world, so to speak. But obviously, yeah. uh, the impact that it has on you. I mean, this was your first draft as the director of amateur scouting. I know you've been part of drafts in the past. You have been a guest on our draft shows on the Red and White Authority in the past. Uh, I mean, what a way to start, Chris. Do you ever just sit back and kind of smirk and say, "Wow, it," <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know. In professional sports, expect the unexpected. But you didn't expect anything. I guess what you probably had to go through.
1: Uh no. <laughs> uh, as a player, I always knew that you know I, I was going to face adversity, and our team was going to face adversity. But little did I know that you know the most adversity I was going to face was my was was running my first draft <laughs> with everything that went on. But you know it was. Um, Stevie was great. Um, you know, he was. Uh, you know, he was, he was always. Uh, you know, a voice of reason there for me. Uh, you know, obviously very. You know, fortunate to, to be able to, to work with him. Uh, you know, my amateur staff, the amateur staff guys did, you know, a great job. I have two chief amateur scouts, Ryan Rozmierski and Jesse Wallen, you know, they were there, you know, with, uh, through everything, every phone call, you know, every, uh, you know, debating players, every list we were talking about. Um, and then our entire staff, you know, through, uh, through Europe and through North America, you know, guys, um, you know, guys did a real good job. So it was, uh. You know, it it was, it was definitely unique. Um, you know that um, a draft has, has never gone through something that we went through like that. But, you know, with that said, you know, every team in the NHL was going, you know, facing the same challenges that I was, um, you know. So in the end, it was just, you know, finding a way to be the most prepared, prepared we could be.
0: Well, and uh, let's look at it. The Red Wings ended up having 12 draft picks, as we said. Steve traded down a couple of a couple of spots to add an, an extra pick. It, it looked like you may have 10 picks, and you ended up with 12. Uh, six forwards, evenly distributed, two right-wingers, two left-wingers, uh, two centers, uh, uh, five defensemen, uh, four left-handed shots, one right-handed shot, and then a goaltender, whom I absolutely love. When you look at it now, you've had a couple of weeks to reflect upon it, uh, uh, what is your overall opinion of this draft class, and are you happy with the way that it uh, that it turned out for you?
1: Um, you know, I, I would probably say, you know, after the draft, I th- think every organization feels, you know, good about, you know, the the work and and the names that they called, and you know, that's certainly, you know, where we're at right now, but you know you've been around the game long enough i've certainly been around the game long enough you know we just drafted 17 and 18 year old you know hockey players you know 17 18 year old prospects and you know a lot of these uh, a lot of these guys are you know they have a long way to go um you know they have to they have to get bigger and stronger they have to learn you know what it what it takes to be a pro about you know eat sleep training uh you name it there's there's a lot of education to go in um, you know, to to basically turning, you know, these prospects into Detroit Red Wings. But, you know, I said it on draft night. I said it the next day that, you know, our development staff with Sean Horkoff, Dan Cleary, Brandon Arado, and Nicholas Cronwall are, you know, are, to, to me, obviously, I'm very biased, uh, you know, the best in the business, <laughs> just what these guys can can do. And the passion that they have for developing, you know, Red Wing prospects. So, um, you know, with that said, you know, I'm excited about uh, some of the, the the players that we drafted and the opportunity that they're going to have to work with with our development staff and you know that's the exciting part of it but it comes back to it again you know it's usually you draft these players you bring them in for a development camp you know you get hands on right away with all you know everyone you know coming into uh, Little Caesars Arena and just really knowing you know uh, the importance of eating the importance of sleeping the importance of training the importance of, of of work habits on and off the ice. These are all things that usually in in a five six week development camp that we get to give our prospects a lot of hands on instruction. And now it's just I, I know both I know the guys that I just mentioned are, are reaching out to all the prospects and basically one by one starting to talk to them about it. but you know it's nice when you have a draft and you bring them in and you have your development camp so you know that's another thing that unfortunately we weren't we weren't able to have.
0: Right. You know, one thing, and I've been obviously to a lot of development camps over the year. And, uh, you know, what I like about it is these guys are all, as you said, they're 17, 18 year old kids. Uh, You know, they've uh, either been invited or drafted by the Red Wings to this camp. And, you know, they start to build like a camaraderie. I mean, you teach them right away. And one thing that you've stressed, and I know Steve has stressed it, and heck, you know, people who, who listen to me, I stress it. There's a certain Code or ethic of what it means to be a Red Wing, and you can't teach that soon enough to them. I would imagine. I mean, so that's one of the things. I guess even though you have Sean and Danny and uh, and, and Brandon and, and Nick, you know, kind of get laying the the law of the land to them. But you know, it nothing. It's it's a it, that I guess development camp. What I'm saying in a very long-winded question here is that is something that. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to make up, I would imagine. You know, that just initial getting them when everything is still fresh. Uh,
1: definitely long-winded question, yes, Art. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. I can, uh, I can stick handle it around those for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: you know, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's really uh, – our development camps are, you know, it's, they're obviously, um, you know, they're, they're high tempo. Um, we want, uh, we want the, the Detroit Red Wing prospects to understand what it's going to take. know to get into the nhl obviously when they hear you know their name called and usually it's getting a hat and getting a jersey it's obviously super excited it's a dream come true for the prospects it's a dream come true for you know the the parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters it's an amazing night but you know our message is now the work starts and you know that's really when you look at the guys that we have you know in our organization and on our staff a lot of us lived it for a long time and you know we we all kind of came you know different ways, and you know that's the that's the I guess the knowledge and information that we want to pass on to these prospects you know there you, you look around the league there's you know and you just look to Tampa Bay, they had you know guys on their team that that went undrafted and 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 ended up being part of a Stanley Cup team. You know players are going to find a way, and the reason they find a way is because they love the game, they have passion for the game, you know they eat sleep and and everything about it is hockey and you know these you know these young that that's what we want to teach these young prospects and it's unfortunate that you know we weren't able to do it really just to kind of look at a prospect and explain it to them and let them see the passion that that we have for being a detroit, detroit red wing and the pride that we have when you have that opportunity to throw you know to me you know the, the greatest jersey in the nhl that the detroit you know, the winged wheel, the Red Wing logo, you get to put that on and just the pride and the history and everything that, you know, it takes to to earn that jersey. And and those are the messages that we want to pass on to these prospects. When we look at the list that we drafted, you know, we feel we, you know, we're excited about, you know, the list that we did, you know, the 12 names that, that we'll talk about here. Um, but with that said, there's, you know, there's a lot of work to be done and, you know, that's, that's the message for us. And, you know, there's always players that, you know, find a way to, to get into the NHL. You know, some, some will go undrafted. Some could be a late round pick, you name it. These guys find a way. And usually the reason why they find a way is because of the passion and determination and dedication that these guys have for, uh, for the game.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing that, uh, that, uh, really has an impact on me but i'm a, you know i'm a native detroiter and you know i you, you i mean i think everybody knows i pretty much love the red wings of course and uh, but when you walk into the room whether it was at uh, joe louis arena or now little caesar's uh, uh, little caesar's arena those pictures hanging in the room of red wings past and iconic red wings past i mean that i mean that's got to have quite an impact on them i i think they get what they're about to walk into and what what it means being a red wing rather easily. I think those pictures, if a picture's worth a thousand words, that Red Wing room is worth like a million words to me. Uh yeah, I
1: mean obviously art you don't have to sell that to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, certainly um you know I was I was fortunate, you know, to play with, you know, not only some of the the, the the greatest Red Wings of all time, but obviously some of the greatest players of all time. And then the opportunity of walking in a dressing room and seeing you know Mr. Hockey Gordie Howe and seeing you know terrible Ted Lindsay and walk in there and see those guys like know absolutely amazing for me and now you think of these prospects you know they have the opportunity to walk in and see obviously some special players that that are around there and obviously you know the general manager and Steve Eiserman. you know everything that you know he's meant to you know basically you know Detroit Michigan and 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 obviously the Detroit Red Wings so it it is impactful there's no doubt about it and you know that's you know it's just another unfortunate thing but you know it's it is unfortunate but you know I know that our our development staff is is doing, you know, everything they can to get the message across to every single prospect that we just drafted, what it takes to be a Detroit Red Wing.
0: Right. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I could go on and on and on and be effusive about the Red Wings, but let's move on to the draft. We, you know, 12 picks, uh, uh, first round, Uh, obviously the Red Wings fall back to four overall uh, with the fourth overall pick Lucas Raymond, uh, five feet, 11, 183 pounds, right-handed shot, can play virtually all forward positions, but considered to be a winger, right winger, or left winger. Currently, he is playing for Furlunda in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, you know, in, in my current stats, nine games played, three goals, two assists, five points. He's a plus three, four penalty minutes. Chris, I know I've asked you this before on the Word on Woodward show, but from what I heard, you know there was a group of players that you were looking at number four, but at the end of the day, it always came back to Lucas Raymond. Why did it come back to Lucas Raymond? Uh,
1: well, obviously with um, with Lucas, it's, uh, you know, it was really, you know, a, a, certainly in his case, a two-year body of work, um, you know, being able to go over those tournaments. We were basically scouting uh, the 01 birth year um, and internationally going over to those tournaments. And, and both, you know, Lucas Raymond and Holtz played on, on the U18 teams as, as an underage. And I just remember... You know always walking away from these tournaments and and you just kind of when you start thinking there you start debating okay you know who was you know who are the best players that you just saw you know i kept you know lucas raymond was always in the conversation um you know last year was tough it's uh it was probably a very humbling year um you know for for lucas uh you know it, it was you know he's a 17 year old prospect coming up and playing for for and you know there's a there was nights where he didn't get a lot of ice time and i'm sure it was uh I'm sure it was frustrating for him, but that's just kind of, you know, the Ferlunda way. Uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't because of his play. It didn't have anything to do with that. It's just basically that they feel as, you know, a 17 year old, you know, prospect is, is going to kind of learn from the pros that they have on that team. And, um, you know but with that said there were there were nights and there were moments when i was over in uh, in sweden and you know all of a sudden you know in a in a span of 10 minutes uh you know lucas raymond has done something to impact the hockey game and and to me that's uh that's that's just shows of a, of a very strong mentality that you have to have it's it's hard to to sit on the bench and and not play and not be you know in, in uh, basically a regular getting a regular shift or you know for forwards playing anywhere from You know 14 to 16 to 18 minutes and and there were nights where he wasn't able to do that but yet when he got an opportunity he took advantage of it and that was something you know that I noticed and I think it comes back to a couple things I think I think he has a high inner drive I think he really believes in himself he's a he's a real competitive kid he burns to play the game and kind of wants to be in the moment and it's just uh you know him him staying ready and, you know, those are, those are something, you know, that is important for a 17-year-old kid. So, in the end, um, you know, we were, uh, when the opportunity came at pick four uh, to get up to the microphone and, and, and announce Lucas Raymond to the Detroit Red Wings, it was something that uh, our organization was very proud and very excited to do.
0: Well, uh, the thing that I like about him, I talked to him on draft night after he was drafted uh, on a special uh, uh, edition of the Word on Woodward show and, yeah, you know, I always ask this. I hate to put kids on the spot, but not too much. I said, well, when do you expect to be competing for a job with the Red Wings? And he said, well, I expect, you know, camp of 2021. Now, I mean, granted, he's young, but I would imagine, you know, as a Red Wing fan and maybe as the director of amateur scouting, you want a kid to think that way, right? You want that confidence.
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, you know, and that's something that, uh, you know, like I said, it comes back to, you know, the inner drive and, and you know, the, the passion that he has for the game of hockey, you know, and, and it's, uh, and and to me, and I touched on it uh, after we picked him, just the big game moments uh, that, that he elevated his play was something that was fun to watch. And, you know, to me, um, you know, over in Sweden, you know, the U18, the gold medal game against Russia, um, there was a lot of pressure on that team to to win to win on their, you know, obviously in their home country and, and who comes out and has a hat trick is, is Lucas Raymond. That's Those are moments that, you know, put put a smile on your face every time you talk about it, every time you think about it, or every time you see it, um, you know, but that's, he wants those moments and that's that's the exciting part and uh, you want these players, you want all these players to basically say like, you know, as, I want to be a Red Wing as soon as possible. Um, you know, and that's uh, you know that that's uh, that's an inner confidence and inner drive that 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 a lot of these prospects have.
0: Right, and and, and I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, to seeing Lucas Raymond in the uh, red and white uh, uh, very very soon, hopefully. Let's go to the second round. Uh, I always like to say that this is pick one A, uh, the uh, first pick in the second round, thirty second overall. Uh, a, a guy that many had projected to be in the first round, William Wallander, um, uh, played for Modo Hockey J20 last year, is currently playing for Modo in the hockey Alvenska. Alvins- I, I don't know if I'm, I'm saying that properly.
1: Alvinska. Al- Al-
0: yes, and he's currently there. Six games currently played, uh, one assist, one point, four penalty minutes, a minus one. Everything I hear... Uh, Chris, you know, again, and I'm prone to exaggeration, I guess, or, but, uh, you know, it sounds like he could be a real, real fine. I mean, he's a big kid, uh, six foot four, 191 pounds. Uh, he might look really good, uh, maybe playing, get, uh, uh, you know, next to a Mo Sider, uh, in the near future.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you, the, the first round, you know, ends and, and, uh, obviously you do a lot of talking and, uh, you know, getting ready for, for day two. Um, you know, for us, um, you know, having an opportunity to add six foot four and a half D men, uh, you know, that's a very good skater, very good puck skills. Uh, you know, is something that uh, that we're excited to do. Um, you know, that definitely, you know, when you talk about you know his weight, um, William knows that uh, you know certainly he has to get he has to get stronger. Uh, he does have you know obviously a very good frame. Uh, he moves well. Um, you know, so that was, uh, that was somebody that, uh, you know, we're excited to add. I think, uh, you know, when you start looking at our back end, um, you know, p- potentially of, of what we're talking about and names that we're talking about, we're getting, uh, you know, a big mobile d- defense and, you know, that's something that, um, you know, it's, that's by design. Um, it's something, uh, you know, we want guys that can skate. We want guys that can think the puck and we want guys that, um, you know, have obviously, uh, you know, hockey sense back there, and and that's where we're going to continue to build. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, when, when you get guys that can skate, when you get guys that, uh, you know, have long sticks, it just makes it that much harder, you know, to get to the net, and, and especially when you have good mobility. So um, we're starting to get, you know, we're getting excited about uh, some of the, the defense prospects that, that we're going to bring in, um, you know, and he is certainly one of those.
0: When it, when you look at it, I, I know that... Uh uh, you, you, you drafted five defensemen, uh, four of them left-handed shots, one a right-handed shot. If you look at the Red Wing prospect pool on, on, on the blue line, it appears that there's several high end right-handed shooting prospects. Did you go into this draft specifically looking to shore up the left side or was that just how it turned out?
1: Yeah, just how it turned out. Um, you know, that's uh you know, that's kind of, you know, where where you're at when you start getting into the draft and you start looking at the names and, and then, you know, you're looking at your list, you're talking to your scouts. In the end, you're going to, you know, draft the, the player that you feel is the, the best fit for the Detroit Red Wings
0: and not look at, you know, is he a righty or a lefty. And now let's, uh, uh, well, I'm looking forward to William too. You know, again, I will say this, Chris, and I don't know if you'll appreciate this or not, but virtually every draft pick that I that I talk to and I talk to mostly all of them either on Zoom calls or or live they all have great hair man I don't know what it is about this young generation but all these all these kids have like you know really really impressive hair I know well, that's- I
1: can uh, I can tell you why because uh, obviously all the salons and barbershops were shut down for 6 months so no one could get a haircut
0: Oh you so know what I
1: think I think everyone just let it grow I know that's what I did my all of a sudden I started you know I grew my hair out too I hadn't done that since I was playing
0: <laughs> really, you know what? I, you know what? Always leave it up to you, Chris. I mean, you—you you are. I know you said that Steve was always kind of the voice of reason or logic, but you're right up there too. I mean, I appreciate it, that. It, Thank I, you. I, I, seriously, I mean, all, every time I would walk in the room, whether you were a player, or, you know, now being an executive, you know, you, you always impart words of wisdom, especially to me, and I—and and I certainly appreciate it because I can need all. I can use all the help I can get, so. Uh, I, I know I'm still I'm still working with you, Art. Don't worry about that. I'm <laughs> I, I, still working with you. I know yeah. you. I, I know you, Art. I think yes.
1: I think I'm I think I'm your player development staff. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know what? I, I think you are. and It is definitely a work in progress. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, also, in the second round, uh, 51st pick overall, player I'm very very excited about uh, uh, Theodore Niederbach. Uh, He's playing for uh, uh, Frulunda right now, but the junior 20 team, 13 games played, 7 goals, 15 assists, 22 points, um, plus Uh, uh, 3. I know he's played with the big club or one game with the big club with Frulunda, but here's a kid that had to sit out a whole year. Uh, you know, again, I, it's me talking, so I'm always getting excited with uh, no matter who I'm talking about. If it's a red wing prospect, but boy, Chris, he seems like he is definitely has a real, real legitimate shot to maybe make some noise in the red and
1: white. Um, we we hope so. I know this was um, this was a player that both uh, Hawk and Anderson and Thomas Carlson, obviously our two Swedish scouts, uh, were really excited about. Uh, you know, he. Uh, you know, he did um his he just he just continued to get better. Um and he's uh, you know he was one of the players that we had the opportunity to watch uh because the season did did start up. Um, you know, he's and he, he's has grown over the summer. He's gotten a little bit bigger. Um, you know, the thing that he needs to do is 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 he realizes, you know, he has to get stronger. Um but you know, all everything that we've talked about, everything that uh you know we've we've kinda discussed with uh with Theodore, it's uh, you know he just can't wait to do it. Um, you know, so a lot of a lot of good things coming out of uh, Frölunda with uh, with Niederbach, his uh, his J20 coach is in Frölunda is a, is a real big fan and very complimentary of you know how smart of a hockey player he is. Um, you know, that's the one thing. You know, every time we you know we're discussing players. Um, you know that was one of the things that kept coming back with Niederbach was was obviously you know his hockey sense and his skill. So he's off to a great start, which is uh, which is fun to, fun to see. Um, you know, but uh, you know he's just uh, he's he's that prospect. He has skill, he has hockey sense, and, and he just has to continue you know to get uh, to get stronger. But uh, definitely on, uh, on on a very good path and. Um, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, really has uh, a real good feel for the game. Um, you know, he's, he's a player that, you know, we get to, you know, even now get to watch uh, on video with uh, with where he's at. And, uh, you know, he's certainly, uh, he's certainly creative. I think it was after the draft. I think he had two goals and two assists right after the draft. And the two goals were... Uh, you know pretty good highlights uh, for uh, for Theodore Niederbach, so it was uh you know he can he has he has that skill he can do some special things with the puck you know especially playing at uh, at the j20 level which is uh, which is great and then you know you hope uh, throughout the year that he gets opportunities to go out and play with the big team and you know just realizes you know you, it's great when you 're producing and you 're at the j20 you 're kind of doing what you 're supposed to do or what's expected from you. But when all of a sudden you get called up to the big team, you know, you get called up to and now all of a sudden, you know, you're playing against, you know, bigger, stronger, faster players, players that can think the game like you. And now all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, then, then you kind of realize, you know, the prospect realizes, you know, the work that has to go in to continue to getting to the highest levels that you can play.
0: Right. Well, you know, I, I think he started off well. I mean, how important is it for when a guy misses really a year of hockey to see him come back and just be, you know, hit the uh, – you know hit the ice skating so to speak I mean I, I mean that, that that must show you uh, the, as you keep alluding to that inner drive and how how badly he really wants it.
1: yeah uh, you know certainly important for him um, you know there's there's no doubt about it and I would probably say out of you know and, and you touched on this earlier out of you know anybody in the draft that uh, you know probably helped himself, Uh, by hockey being played this year was probably Theodore Niederbach, you know, just taking advantage of an opportunity of playing, especially missing, you know, a whole season, you know, and it was was definitely, you know, an adjustment for him when he's coming back, you know, taking a whole year off of hockey and then coming back and then starting to play and, you know, and he just continued. It looked like he was just getting better and better and better. And then obviously the season was shut down and the season was cancelled um uh, but you know for for him um you know like i said it's uh, the stuff that he does on the ice is is obviously impressive um, you know, and the one thing that, you know, we have to keep, uh, you know, talking to him and, and kind of, you know, explaining the importance of, of the gym. And he's in a very good uh, organization that obviously does that as well in Forlunda. And and like I said, I just keep coming back to, you know, the conversations that uh, that all these guys, I can say it now, that all these prospects are going to have with, uh, with our development staff. And, and these guys, they're going to get, they're going to know exactly what they need to do. And you know, our expectation is that that these players are going to do it. There's gonna be constant communication with uh with our development staff on on everything. On, you know, the like I said, you know, the sleep, they'll be doing video, you know, working on their skating, working on their skills, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's we're fortunate right now that we have Nicholas Cronwell obviously over in Sweden with right. the amount of prospects that we have because obviously we can't travel right now. So, you know, it you know, Dan Cleary can't get over there, Sean Horkoff can't get over there. So everything that they're doing, we're relying on video, um, you know, and teams calls. And, but we have Nicholas Cronwell uh, you know, over there in Sweden, and, and and he's already seen all the he's seen all our prospects from previous drafts, and he, and he's seen the ones that, that we selected a couple of weeks ago. So and, and let's be honest, it's Nicholas Cronwell. So I mean, how how fortunate are, are we to have that? Uh, you know, it's uh, so he's he's been unbelievable with all those guys uh, that either have just been drafted or players that we've drafted in previous years.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There was also a picture circulating, not only of Nick, but uh, I guess unofficially a Red Wing ambassador, Henrik Zetterberg, was with him at a game recently, and that 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 probably uh, goes a long way as well.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's funny because I saw the I saw Z sent me a snap of him and Kroner working, um, but I can honestly say Kroner was working and Z was just you know relaxing and taking everything in. So um i mean but you know just i i mean it just comes back to it you know and and you can throw up you know obviously you know nick lidstrom uh, over there right. jonathan eric's over there thomas holmstrom's over there like we're i mean we've had some of the greatest swedish players of all time play for our organization and now they're all living over there and just uh if, if, if any of these prospects kind of need, obviously we have Nicholas Cronwell, but just the opportunity, you know, to I know some of our prospects worked with Thomas Holmstrom last year Homer went on the ice with some of them. Like, you know, what a thrill that would be for, for those guys. Uh, you know, Alvin Grouvet was, was on the ice with them and just kind of, you know, Homer was working on tipping and getting in front of the net, et cetera. Like, it's just it's, it's such a benefit for these prospects and it's, and it's a huge benefit for our organization.
0: Uh, let's go into the third round. Uh, Red Wings had three picks in the third round with the 55th uh, uh, pick overall. Um, and, you know, everyone's calling him Cross Hands right now, but th- that is not his name. Uh, 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 cross Hannes, I believe, a uh, forward, yep. 6'1", 175 pounds. Uh, last year he hasn't started yet, but he played for the Portland Winterhawks of the WHL, 60 games played, 22 goals, 27 assists. Uh, 49 points. I like this. Uh, 42 uh, penalty minutes and a plus 20. Chris, what about uh, Cross?
1: Yeah, Cross is. Um, you know, when you start talking about uh, you know skill, Cross certainly has that. There's you know you you know as uh, you know as an underage scoring you know 22 goals like you said, and you know when you P- Portland was a very good team in the Western Hockey League. Cross, as as a lot of prospects that that get drafted, a lot of them are are either running the power play and on the power play but portland had uh, they had an unbelievable first power play unit um led by Seth Jarvis and and you know so cross kind of got you know the the second power play minutes um you know for for his team um and still was able to put up obviously good offensive numbers so um you know he's um He's a player that, uh, you know, he has skill, he can make plays, he can score goals. And, and like you said, he's six foot one, he's 174, 175 pounds. You know, we just keep coming back to the importance of, you know, getting into the gym, taking advantage of the time right now. He's in a great organization. Uh, he's got a great coach, um, you know, so he's, uh, you know, he's, he's just another player that, that has an opportunity uh, to score goals and, and make plays. And, you know, that was, uh, that was something obviously that, uh, that we wanted to target and, and cross with, with where we were fit, uh, fit perfect for, uh, you know, selecting him in the third round
0: and going now to the 63rd pick, uh, uh, overall, uh, third-round draft choice, Donovan Sabrengo, uh defenseman, 6'1", 189 pounds, uh, played for the Kitchener Rangers last year. 56 games played, 6 goals, 24 assists, 30 points. He was even in 33 penalty minutes. Uh, it, it sounds like to me this is a guy that uh, li- likes the physical game and, and can bring it a little bit offensively as well.
1: Yeah, um, you know, Donovan was uh, obviously in Kitchener only about three hours from here, a player that we saw quite often. Our Ontario scout, Kelly Harper, uh, lives, uh, you know, in the Toronto area. So he's, over the last couple of years, he saw him play, you know, as much as anybody. Um, and, you know, good skater, good defender. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, he, has, uh, he has the ability to make that good first pass under pressure. Um, you know, so there's a there's a lot of things to like about, uh, about about Donovan, but the, you know, the things that you just walk away from is just how he understands, you know, what he is. I think that's that, you know, that's pretty important for a 17, 18 year old prospect to understand what he is. I think sometimes a lot of players think that they're you know, going to be high end, you know, they're going to be offensive defensemen. And, you know, as you kind of look around the National Hockey League, there really, you know, isn't isn't a lot of those guys. And, and if you have one, they're obviously a superstar. Um, so, you know, so Donovan understands, you know, his basically what makes him a good hockey player and, and, and how his game is going to translate to the next level. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's something that we really liked about him. But good skater, good puck mover. Um, you know, there is uh, there is an edge in his game. He, he, he picks his his spots. He understands when he can do it, when he can't. And just a guy that, you know, when the OHL starts up, when the Kitchener Rangers start up, you know, he's going to be playing against the other team's best lines night in and night out.
0: And uh, finally in the third round, uh, 70th overall, the last pick of the wings in the third round. Uh, a guy that I'm hearing very, very good things about Emil Vero, a uh, defenseman, left-handed shot, six five, or pardon me six feet, 165 pounds. Uh, currently playing in Liga, which is the Finnish League. Uh, TPS is the team. Uh, six games played thus far, three assists, three points, four penalty minutes, a uh, plus two. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there's a couple of guys that I really respect that, that really are, are involved in the draft and they just absolutely love Emil, uh, uh, Vero.
1: Um, you know what? And I can tell you right now, so does our Finnish scout, Anton Ruta. Um, <laughs> you know, Anton, uh, you know, he's. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Anton and his, obviously his knowledge of the game and, and, and more importantly, his knowledge of, of what a Detroit Red Wing prospect looks like. And he just the the whole, the whole year, he just talked about the character of Emil Viro Like he couldn't say enough good things about him. Um, you know, from what his teammates say, which is so important, you know, everything, you know, that he hears from coaches on, on either on the pro league, the junior league, whether he's playing, you know, for national teams, um, you know, just an all around good hockey player. And, uh, you know, he can he can think the game he is, uh, you know, he is six feet, but he's a player that, you know, is so smart. He has such a good stick. He understands of being on the right side when he's defending. Um, you know, he gets the puck. He moves the puck. He knows when to join. He knows when to stay back. Um, you know, so when, when this comes to, you know, smart hockey players, we're, we're a big fan of Emil Viro. Vero and, and obviously his hockey sense and his understanding of how we to play the game. And, and like I said, Anton Ruta was, uh, was a real big fan of, of Emil's the entire year. And, you know, when you're sitting there and you're talking and I asked Anton, you know, there was no hesitation. And that's something that uh, certainly means a lot to me when, you know, you have a scout that, you know, likes this player so much. Um, and then it was, uh, it was just, it, it made total sense for, for us to, uh, to, to announce his name.
0: Well, you know, I, I like what, you know, Ken Holland always said this, and Steve has also alluded to it, too. Once you start getting giving the fourth or fifth rounds, as much as you would like to see every one of these players, uh, just time time limitations where you really do have to uh, uh, really rely on your scouting staff. And it certainly sounds like, uh, based on what you're saying and, and what Steve has said, is that, uh, you know, you have supreme confidence in these guys.
1: I do. Um you know, the, I mean, the one thing obviously with, uh, with Emil, we're able to see him in all the uh, national team tournaments, um, you, know, being, you, know, you know, certainly in November and February. Um, and then you're, you know, it, it, it didn't happen, but, you know, ideally you watch him at the U18s as well. And then, you know, you catch him, you know, on trips either before or after when you're over there for, uh, for the national team events. But, um, you know, it's, uh, and that just comes back to constant communication of, uh, of talking to your scouts, um, you know, it, and, and, you know, like I said, when, when, when we're sitting there and, and as you kind of get into the, to the later rounds, you know, that's, you know, I want, and, and you get excited when, when one of your scouts is, is right away with no hesitation, you know, wants to, you know, select the player and, um, you know, and, and I, and I do, I have a lot of, a lot of confidence in, uh, in Anton as the scout. Uh, he's actually like, he actually speaks seven languages Anton wow. does. Like this guy is like, he's. He's a brilliant hockey mind right now, and uh, obviously very fortunate to have him in our organization and on our staff.
0: Wow, well that's uh, you yeah, no, that's that, that's excellent. I, I, I you know, uh, I'm glad to hear that too. And uh, uh, let's go into the fourth round now. Uh, 97th pick, the Red Wings' first pick in the uh, fourth round, player that uh, kind of a two-sport athlete, uh, Sam uh, Stang, uh, forward, right winger, six feet, 200 pounds. He's a 19-year-old. Uh, so he was drafted a year, I guess, later than maybe his first year eligible, yep. uh, is going to play for the University of Wisconsin, Tony Granato, player we're all familiar with uh, uh, for uh, for the uh, 2021 season, played, spent time mostly with the Sioux City Musketeers, I believe, and Sioux Falls in 48 games played, 26 goals, 19 assists, um, uh yeah I think he had for like 45 penalty minutes. Uh this kid sounds like a uh offensive uh player but 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 a little bit of a banger as well there uh Chris.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh actually uh little uh, little stat on Sam. He was uh his high school year he was Mr. Baseball and Mr. Hockey. Wow. Uh so obviously like you said a two sport athlete, those are you when you have an opportunity to draft, you know, not only just hockey players, but athletes, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, is important to us. Sam was uh he was a, he was a great interview. Um I've talked to Tony Granato since uh since we drafted him and and since he was in Wisconsin. You know, he has a lot of great things to say about, you know, the person of Sam Stange. Uh he was just at the the U20 USA World Junior camp. Um you know, there's some some good reports that came, you know, out of that camp which is uh, you know, for You know, for for a player that went through the draft and then obviously a year later, you know, gets drafted and then gets into, you know, an invite to Team USA World Juniors, the U-20s, obviously that's, uh, you know, that's huge. It just shows you, you know, obviously a, a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, you know, but he's, uh, he's a kid that can skate and he can shoot the puck. You know, there's no doubt about it. And that's, uh, you know, it's two things that he really likes to do. Um, you know, and I'm not sure if you saw it, but it was pretty cool. He was on the ice when, when we actually, uh, announced his name and Tony kind of sent me a text and said, you know, is there any way you could, you could call Sam, you know, and, and let him know that you guys drafted him. And, you know, you know, fortunately we were, you know, between picks um and you know so i went out there talked to tony for a bit and then obviously skated the phone over to sam and uh i saw the video afterwards and it was obviously pretty cool and pretty special um you know for him uh you know to be able to do that and then enjoy the moment with uh with his coaching staff and all his teammates
0: well well, certainly did i think the uh the the Red Wing social media team of Stacy Burlingame and Andrew Bossman Kristoff uh also shared it on the Red Wing cited it, it, it you know it, it just brings a smile to your face you know he's really obviously happy his teammates are happy for him certainly Tony's happy for him so uh you're absolutely right that was a, that was a really really uh a great moment uh moving now to the uh, second pick in the fourth round by Detroit a 107th overall i i, I you know i am I'm going to be effusive here for a second. I think that I can't believe he lasted to 107. That's goaltender Jan Bednash, but or Bednar, I guess, but uh, I think it is pronounced Bednar, 6'4", 196 pounds. Uh, the current stat that I can find on him is that he played for the Czech Republic in some sort of U- U-20 game. It was one game. Uh, his goals against was one, and he had a 958 save percentage. But, uh, but, but you know, you can't really – goaltenders are tough to judge, but everything that I have seen and read about him leading up to the draft, getting him at 107 in the fourth round, and I know goaltenders are all different, all shapes and sizes. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing uh, uh, what uh, Jan Bednash can do. I like your I like your Czech accent too, Art. You uh,
1: you've, you've <laughs> definitely mastered that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know it's uh, you know obviously Phil Osier does our, our our goaltending development. Uh, had a lot of conversations <laughs> with him. Uh, you know we talked to uh, talked to Phil, talked to Yan. Uh, did a lot of video, watched him on video, saw him play. Obviously a lot last year, and especially in those national team events. Um, two games stuck out for me. Um, and both were actually against the U.S. Um, uh, in one in November, one in February, uh, where he was just excellent. Um, you know, he uh, everything he just he looked big, he looked athletic. Uh, his compete was very good. He just made some timely saves. Um, you know, so for us, we have you know we have a six foot four goaltender. The thing, the unfortunate thing right now for Jan is he's supposed to come over and play in the CHL. He was going to play in the Quebec League. Um, you know, but obviously right now, um, you know, with, with where we're at in the world, he's you know, he can't travel, he can't get into Canada. Um, you know, so that's it's real unfortunate for him. But I know uh, you know, Phil's been in in uh, constant communication with him, just making sure, you know, he's, he's he's getting on the ice, he has opportunities, getting training, he's getting instruction, you know, all those things. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to make the most of a situation with him and and hopefully uh, sooner rather than later he'll have the opportunity, you know, to come over here and, and play in the CHL.
0: Well, you know, I, I, I can equate him, I you know, I, and I think you would agree with this. When you, uh, Dominic Hasek became a Red Wing, his work ethic and the way he – practice on the ice where he would literally play games against himself or something he would be out in a corner like pretending like he was playing a game and there was nobody on the ice but him I I, I mean if Jan bednoch has half that work ethic I think you guys have a real real fine here
1: um you know, obviously definitely uh, you know I remember you know my a, a quick story about Dominic Kossack it was uh, it was up in training camp. And you know you would always do drills, and there'd be pucks in both nets, and then you'd, you'd take out whatever you know pucks you needed to to do the drill. And, and Scotty was obviously Scotty, and Barry and Louie were were running camp, and and all of a sudden Dom is 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 taking all the pucks out of the net and kind of like putting them in the corner, and, and you know Scotty and Barry and Louie are like Dom, 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 no, no, keep, you know like you have to keep them in the net and everything. And Dom kind of looks up and he kind of waved his finger like no, no, no. He goes no pucks go in my net. And I just, uh, I just remember that I was like, you know what, like for a goalie, that totally makes sense, you know. And, uh, you know, so Dom's work ethic, like you said, I mean, he was, his his work ethic was off the charts. He was the most competitive. I would say the two most competitive players that I was fortunate enough to play with were Vladdy and and Dom. Oh, wow. And, and their work ethic was, it was truly You had every time you were doing a drill against Vladdy, you had to keep your head up because if you didn't, he was going to run you and he didn't care. (laughs) And, you know, anytime you were doing a, you know, doing a shooting drill or something against Dom, you literally had to try or you could go, you could go a week worth of practice of not scoring. That's how competitive he was. So, um, you know, when, when we start talking about work ethic, Dominic Hasek was, it was off the charts. Um, you know, and that's 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 Jan's favorite goalie. You know, so that's the exciting thing about it. And I know, you know, I had a conversation with him on on a teams call. This was before we drafted him, and and I actually had an opportunity to share a couple of Dominic Hasik stories. And I could just, you know, he was kind of, you know, the prospects just kind of sit back and they listen. And and honestly, as I was telling the story, you could just kind of see, you know, his eyes just kind of get bigger and listening to some stories about his idol. So it was a pretty cool moment for me, and I'm, I'm sure it was something that he enjoyed. And now obviously every, you know, every young Czech goalie growing up knows about, you know, Dominic Hasek, you know, to me, you know, greatest, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest goaltenders of all time.
0: Well, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I can remember Brendan Shanahan always said when Don first became a Red Wing that and I'm sure you must have experienced this because you played in front of him, too, uh, uh, especially on the penalty kill, you, uh, you and Maltz. Uh, uh, but uh, he he was always screaming. And Shanahan always said, you, you hear this, Masi, Masi. Must oh, yeah. And they're saying, what the hell? You you know, finally you went up to him and said, what are you saying? And he's saying, must see, meaning yep. I must see the buck. I know. You know oh, I, trust me.
1: <laughs> I, I heard it. I'm taking a face off and he's yelling at me. I'm like, you know, I'm checking my shoulder. And I was like, is anyone getting what he's saying right now? Yeah. So it was finally, I think we kind of had a team meeting. Like, Dom, what are you, what are you saying to all of us? And honestly, Dom's mentality was, if I see the puck, I'm going to save it. That's really right. how, you know, that's that's how we thought. So, uh, a true story by Shani. And I remember hearing it the same thing. Like, it was unreal of, you know, the must-see, must-see, no doubt.
0: Yeah, really. That always cracks me up when I hear it. Uh, moving on to the uh, uh, fifth round, uh, the 132nd pick overall, Red Wings' first pick in the uh, 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 the uh, fifth round, Alex Cotton, 6'2", 175 pounds, right-handed shooting defenseman, the only one the Red Wings drafted uh, in, in this draft, also a 19-year-old, uh, played for Lethbridge. So uh, his last year's stats, 63 games played, 20 goals, 47 assists, 67 points. He was a plus, fi- uh, plus 15, 34 penalty minutes. Obviously, um, you know, he's got pretty good size, as we said. We'll fill into that 6'2", 175 body. Sounds like he uh, has a little bit of offense to his game.
1: Yeah. Um, you know what? Our uh, our Western scout, obviously Jesse Wallen lives uh, in Red Deer, which is obviously not too far from Lethbridge. Uh, and then Bryce Toma, uh, you know, out there. They saw Alex play quite a bit. And, you know, he was uh, he was a player that obviously, you know, improved from, his his first draft year into his second draft year, um, he got in a he got in a great situation. He got an opportunity to play, you know, and, and and you know something you know that's important there when you get the opportunity to play. You need to take advantage of it. And that's something that Alex Cotton did do. He got an opportunity. It was obviously a a great role that he had for his team. And like you said, you know, for you know, for a defenseman scoring 20 goals, you know, in the OHL is uh, you know, that or excuse me, the WHL, you know, that's putting up, you know, that's putting up good numbers. So, um, you know, he was someone that uh, you know, was talked about. Um, you know, and then certainly when uh you know when we're sitting there and you get a right shot and he's six foot two, and like you said, it's it's kind of the theme for a lot of these young prospects that we drafted of of continuing, you know, to get in the gym and continuing to get bigger and stronger. Um, Alex is the same way, but, you know, he kind of has that, you know, an offensive knack and, and a good feel for the game in the offensive zone.
0: Uh, going into the sixth round, a, a hockey name, shall we say, with the 156th pick, uh, uh, sixth round draft pick, Kyle O'Coin, uh defenseman, five feet 10, 164 pounds, slated to start play for Harvard, Uh, But he played in the USHL last year, the Tri-City Storm, 42 games played, two goals, 11 assists, uh, 13 points, uh, 22 penalty minutes, uh, a plus seven. Obviously, Kyle LaCoin, as we said, hockey family, we all are familiar with his father. Um, uh, I I would assume that, uh, you know, going to Harvard, it sounds that, uh, you know, he could use maybe four years at the collegiate level.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it was, it was actually, I, I saw Adrian coin this weekend. Uh, he, was at, uh, he was with one, his younger son uh, in, uh, in a tournament at Troy. Um, I actually, so Adrian coached the, the Mission O2 team all the way up, and obviously I was with Little Caesar. So we had some, you know, some unbelievable, you know, <laughs> battles growing up. And I just remember, you know, Kyle, great skater, uh, you know, very smart puck-moving defenseman. And, you know, he just kind of get, you know, he, he, he was always, you know, he, he started to grow. Um, you know, it's interesting. His dad said, you know, when, when, when he was 19 years old, I think he ended up going from, you know, 5'11 to, to almost 6'2. Um, wow. You know, so it's, uh, you know, I kind of chuckled. I said, well, you know. For for the Red Wings' sake and, and Kyle's sake, I I hope uh, I hope he does get to six two. But the one thing I kept coming back to is the way that the way that he can skate. Uh, he's a, he's an excellent skater. Um, he is going to play back in Tri City this year, which is you know uh, important for him. He'll he'll get a bigger role for a 17 year old you know defenseman playing in the USHL. It's 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 a hard league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's no doubt about it. There's there's not a lot of room. There's not a lot of time and space. There's a lot of you know tight checking and dumping jump and chase and, and play physical and and obviously, uh, you know Kyle understands how to play the game. So, like you said, he he grew up in an NHL locker room. His bloodlines are are fantastic. His dad, you know, is uh, you know is, is is an amazing guy. We know he obviously got a you know a great kid and a great prospect in Kyle LaCoin. Uh, You know, like I said, and, and like you said, it's just uh, you know it's it's time. And and for the most of for the most of as you kind of go through and you know through this list, and as you get into the later rounds, that's what a lot of these players need. Um, you know, his time and development, and, and, but the one thing is uh, Kyle understands, you know, what, what it takes, he understands, you know, what it means to be a pro, um, he lived it with his dad, uh, you know, and that's something that, uh, you know, is, is obviously, you know, it's an advantage for, for Kyle, and, and then just talking to, you know, to Adrian, he was, he's so excited, uh, and he said, you know, that's, that's the happiest I've ever seen my son and great. you know that's great. you know it's it's pretty it's pretty special when you know uh you know a former hockey player i think adrian acoin played i think it was like over 1100 games <laughs> gonna, you know and, it- and 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 he gets to you know share that moment you know not only obviously with his son but his whole family so it was uh i know uh you know the one thing that you know a player like uh, kyle is going to do everything he can you know to fulfill his dream just like his dad did
0: right well there's no doubt i mean i you know I, adrian acoin i mean uh, you know, you know, it got to a point where it's like, mind, how you know, this guy is still playing? I mean, you know, he was he was a good player, but yeah. it, you know, he's one of those guys that just like never seemed to age, was always there. But uh yeah. uh yeah, yeah, well we obviously wish Kyle nothing but did the best. Did you ever
1: uh it was actually pretty did you see the picture that uh that Adrian Acoin posted on Twitter?
0: I did not.
1: So if you get a chance, uh it was it's actually pretty funny. It's he and I Shaking hands after the, the after we knocked them out of, of the playoffs, he was with Arizona at the time, and, and there's a there's a handshake there, and he basically said, he goes, now we can now we can be friends, and he had hashtag you know Iserman hashtag Draper, so it was uh, <laughs> if great. you if you look on his Twitter feed, it was it was pretty cool, um, you know, so I kind of you know I sent him a text and uh, you know said what, a, what you know what a what a cool picture.
0: No, that's great. Yeah, I definitely, you know, uh, you know, not your, you, you know, you kind of jogged my memory. Maybe I did see that, and I was wondering who the heck's hand you were shaking. But <laughs> but, but, yeah. uh, but I will try. So so uh, just to be clear, though, because I did say it was slated to go to Harvard, is that being put off a year?
1: Yeah, he's playing in Tri City this year.
0: Okay, yes. okay, I yep. know you said that. I just wanted to yep. make sure. Now let's go to the seventh round, one hundred eighty seventh pick. Um, somebody that we've talked about. Somebody that uh, you know. I actually. Uh no. Uh you know, good per- close personal friend of Dylan Larkin's as well from what I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is uh of course your son Keenan Draper, uh slated to go to the uh, Miami Redhawks uh, uh next season, currently playing for Chilliwack uh Chiefs. Um played for Saint Andrews uh, uh uh college last year, 56 games played, 26 goals, 25 assists, 51 points. Um, you know, I, I love you feisty drapers. I mean, 63 penalty minutes. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's pretty good. But the thing, Chris, that I'm most impressed by... You tell me, Keenan is six foot two. I mean, I've stood next to you, Chris. I know you're taller than me, but six foot two. My yeah, gosh! what you know, was he like a Jim Harbaugh drinking a gallon of milk every day as a kid or something? Uh, he,
1: you know what? All of a sudden, the last couple of years, he just he absolutely blew right by dad. Um, you know, it was uh, yeah, yeah, it was amazing because he was you know growing up, he was just kind of you know in the mix of, you know, he was, you know, he certainly wasn't big for his age and he wasn't small. He was just kind of right in there. And then all of a sudden, you know, getting into his U16 year playing for Little Caesars, um, you know, he started to grow. And then even through, you know, St. Andrews, and I even think a little bit, you know, this past summer, uh, you know, he grew. So he's, uh, you know, he's six, he's just probably just right under six too. He's, you know, 194 pounds right now. Um, you know, and it's, uh, you know, he's just, he's, he's, he's a big, strong kid for sure.
0: You know, and I, I know it's funny. I mean, I, I, you know, I've asked you about this, everybody, you know, obviously he's, you know, I always say he's one of us, you know, he's, uh, you know, born in Detroit, if, if I remember correctly. Yep. And so, yep. uh, you know, so certainly he, uh, you know, he's as Detroit as they come. Uh, but you know, in, uh, I mean, the initial drafting him, obviously a proud moment, but then again, as we've talked about, especially on the word on Woodward, uh, you know, Keenan Draper is a player as well.
1: Yeah, you know what? Um, you know, it's uh, actually that the 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 cool Keenan was born in '02 uh, during actually during the uh, during the Olympic break. So he's he's a 2002, which is obviously a great year for for Red Wings fans. Right. Oh, yeah. that, that, that we won the cup. Um, you know, it, you know what he um, he is. I'm, I'm obviously I'm I'm proud of uh, you know just a lot of the things that we talked about with Kyle Acorn. It's the same thing you know with with my son Keenan. Um, you know he 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 loves the game. Um, it's it's all he you know wants to do. Any chance, any time he has to to get on the rink or get in the weight room or or to make himself you know better, it's something that you know he wants to do. You know, I know, you know, you're kidding around, you know, with Dylan Lark and I know there, you know, there were times in the backyard, Dylan would come over and skate, you know, in our, in our outdoor rink. And those two guys would, would be out there for, for hours. And, you know, I know that, you know, there were times, you know, it'd be, you know, eight, nine, o'clock at night and it'd be, you know, freezing cold here in Michigan and Keenan's out in the backyard skating. And, you know, those are, you know, those are proud moments for me just being able, you know, to pass on, you know, the love of the game, you know, to to my son and then, you know, he's kind of taking it and run with it. And, you know, in the end, you know, it's, you know, we're sitting there, we have a list, you know, we have a draft list. And when you're sitting there, we always would debate, you know, the areas of, of, you know, is, you know, you got Ontario, you put maybe a player in Sweden, maybe a player in the U.S. and we kind of would debate a player, and in the end, you know, when when we talked about Keenan, it was, you know, guys, you know, felt that it was he was deserving to get his name selected, you know, in the seventh round. So that's, you know, that's kind of how it went. And, you know, it's something, you know, that I know it's a moment, you know, that Keenan has been, you know, wanting his his entire life, you know, to get drafted. And then, you know, obviously to, you know, to get drafted by the Detroit Red Wings, which. You know means you know so much to to him and and obviously you know our entire family that that whole the whole organization and everything that the detroit red wings stand for um you know was a was a real special and proud moment uh you know for him
0: well i you know I i think it's a it's a great and proud moment for all of us i mean you know again like i said you know at various stages in his life i can remember as I've told you, that little kid with flaming red hair, you know, uh, <laughs> going around. Yeah. The, uh... Well, he
1: still has a flaming red hair. <laughs> oh, there's,
0: there's, <laughs> yeah. there's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Almost four years ago, now, I wrote a story for DetroitRedWings.com, and you sent me a picture of Dylan and Keenan out on that rink.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. So it was, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it just speaks volumes for, you know, the type of, uh, of, of Red Wing and the type of person that Dylan Larkin is. Um, but, you know, I, like, honestly, I thought Dylan was going to be over here for about 15, 20 minutes, have a little skate. You know, next thing you know, you look out, it's like two hours. These guys are they're playing keep away. They're playing one on one. They're working on one timers. <laughs> it's like Keenan, you know, he's just like there's a, there was no homework that night. Keenan, you stay out there as long as you want. Uh, you know, so it was obviously it was. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool moment just to kind of, you know, sit in the house and and watch, uh, you know, Dylan and 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 my son Keenan, uh, you know, have so much fun uh, on an outdoor rink on a beautiful winter night.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really. That's well, that's great. I mean, you know, really a terrific story. Uh, uh, wrapping it up now with the final pick, 203rd overall uh, in the seventh round, uh, Chase Bradley, uh, left-handed uh, sh- shooting uh, forward, 5'11", uh, left wing, 180 pounds. Uh, played for the Omaha Lancers of the USHL, 34 games played last season, seven goals, 12 assists, 19 points. He was a plus 16. I guess the stat I really like, Chris, is 77 penalty minutes. He's slated to go to Northeastern University. I don't know if that's going to be held off a year or not. But uh, Chase Bradley, again, it sounds like this guy likes to play a little bit of a rough-and-tumble game.
1: Yeah, he does. Uh there's definitely uh, you know a competitive edge in his game and that was you know s- you know something that we certainly discussed and um, you know, playing in the USHL, talking to, uh, you know, our USHL scouts as we were, you know, kind of looking there. And, and like I said, it's the same thing for every pick. You know, we, we had names on the board. And, and you know, when, uh, you know, your, your US scouts are excited about, uh, about Chase, uh, you know, that's how we ended up making the decision to do it. But, uh, you know, he'll, he's, it's, an, it, it's another situation where he's going to play in the USHL again. Um, you know, which will, you know, they're getting under, they're actually underway right now, um, you know, which is, which is great, um, you know, so he's going to have an opportunity to obviously get on the ice, play, continue to develop before he goes to Northeastern. Um, but, you know, that was the, that was the thing that, you know, just kept coming up the element of, of his compete, uh, you know, and how hard he would play. And it's, uh, you know, so when, uh, when it came to, to make the final Selection for the Detroit Red Wings, it was uh, it was Chase Bradley and and we're excited to add him, uh, you know, to the prospect pool as well.
0: Well, you know, overall, we just went through all 12 picks. Uh, uh, You you know, it, 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 it sounds like a promising haul. Uh, we wish each and every one of the 12 prospects uh, uh, nothing but the best of luck from, uh, uh, from my end. Uh, Chris, I, I want to ask you one final question. I guess it's one thing when Steve Eisenman walks into the room and it addresses, uh, addresses the room. Obviously, he's Steve Eisenman. His picture's up there in the Red Wing room as well. Uh, your, your picture is uh, up there in the Red Wing room also as, as part of the legendary grind line. But your story is very unique. It's one of Perseverance. Uh, I know that you you're uncomfortable talking about yourself, but I would imagine if there's a prospect or a kid that's feeling a little down i I would imagine that you can offer them inspiration that maybe a legendary player like Steve cannot simply because of the path that you traveled um
1: obviously i mean i i any any of our prospects and that that I ever you know have the opportunity to talk to and let them know you know of of you know, basically, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. You know, that's something that we talk about, you know, and for me, it was, you know, obviously I was, I was drafted by Winnipeg, you know, it's, you know, I made, you know, I made the team as a 19 year old. And then, you know, a year later I got sent to the minors and, and basically was in Moncton almost for two straight years. And, you know, all of a sudden it's, you know, confidence and belief in yourself. It's, you know, it starts to waver as, as much as you say that you're a confident, you know, athlete, but you know, it 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 does get you thinking. And I just remember the the one thing you know that I decided was that there was no one that was gonna going to outwork me off the ice. And I just kind of felt at the time, you know, um, it, and it was just kind of getting into you know personal training and and working out and nutrition. But you know, for me, I went I went full bore on it. It was basically training you know six days a week um, for the entire summer. Uh, any opportunity I had to get on the ice, I would do it. Um, you know, when I came into came into Detroit, and you know, I have to be honest, I, I came in and um, I remember the training camp like it was yesterday. We did fitness testing, and you know, my name was was called in basically every category that we did. Um, I ended up practicing, <laughs> uh, you know, for probably three or four days with the Wings, and and I was one of the first players that was sent down. I got sent down to Adirondack right away. I didn't even get an exhibition game, and I just remembered. You know, it was that that was that was a hard time. That was a hard moment for me. And and obviously living, you know, in Toronto, I, you know, drove back to drove back to Toronto and, and, you know, that that one stung. And I just decided, you know what, I was going to go down to Adirondack. That's where the American League team was uh, playing for the Adirondack Red Wings. And I was just going to go down. And the only thing I could control was, was how well I played and, and what I did. And, and that was basically my mindset. And I, I went into Adirondack and, uh, and I, I remember that I'll never forget the date. Um, January 24th, 1994, I get called up to the Detroit Red Wings and, and I never saw the American League again. Um, you know, and that's something that uh, you know I'm super proud of. Uh, you know, being able being able to do that, facing some adversity, um, and then being able to you know to me to play a thousand games you know for the Detroit Red Wings is something that you know I'm you know so proud of to be in the conversation of Henrik Zetterberg, Thomas Holmstrom, Nick Lidstrom, Steve Eiserman, Gordy. How you just go on right. the, that, that list to be. You know, a part of of that to be able to play a thousand games for for you know a, a, an original six franchises is, is something that means so much. And you know, so for these young players, you know, there's going there's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some adversity, but you know, it's it's how you handle it. It's 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 the support system that you have. It's your belief system that you have. And we're here for all you know these players. We want all these players to push to to come and play for the Detroit Red Wings. And you know, you just kind of. And that's the importance of our development staff. You know, Dan Cleary was, you know, he was a, he was a top pick in the first round, you know, and then we right. ended up getting him after, you know, after the lockout, he came in and, and signed for the league minimum. He was almost out of the league, you know, and then he comes in and, and he came in and, and earned a job with the Detroit Red Wings. And next thing you know, he's on the ice, you know, in, in, in the last, you know, last minute of, of game six when we won the Stanley Cup in in 2008. Like, I mean, what a great story that is. And it's, you know, Sean Horkoff, the same thing. He went four years to Michigan State College and, you know, kind of went from, you know, a fourth line winger to first line center, you know, captain of the Edmonton Oilers. You know, unfortunately, they lost in in game seven to to Carolina or, you know, he would have had an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. But, you know, we have we have, you know, a player development staff and players in the organization, you know, that that just, you know, found ways, you know, to make a career, you know, in the National Hockey League. And and those are things that, you know, we want every prospect if, you know, to lean on if if they ever need it.
0: Well, yeah, I want to say one of my all time favorite quotes from you. Um, And I think it was when we were doing the book, What It Means to Be a Red Wing, which I wrote with Kevin Allen, uh, is that when you were traded to Detroit, you said to yourself, I guess, or maybe you said it out loud to virtually nobody, if I can't make the Winnipeg Jets, how am I going to make the Detroit Red Wings? (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. It cracks me up every time. But yeah. uh, uh, but you well sir- you look you, well you look
1: down the middle they had they had Stevie they had Sergey they had Keith Primo and they had Mike Zillinger. Um, you know so I'm sitting there kind of looking like uh, you know I guess four days in I knew why they picked me up but that was to be a, a, a number one center in the Adirondack Red Wings <laughs> but uh, you know in the end it's uh, you know it it you know it it's you know it's something that I'm proud of you know I I got called up. Uh, You know, and and then, uh, you know, I never went back. And that's something that, uh, you know, I'm I'm really proud of to be able to do that.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, A thousand games as a Red Wing, uh, not only you earned it, and you also deserve it. Uh, Chris, I cannot thank you enough Uh, You know, I know every year uh, the fans uh, uh, of the podcast of the Red and White Authority always look forward to uh, when's Drape's going to be on about the draft. The first couple of years you are on before the draft, on the uh, the day of the first round, and the last couple of years you've been after the draft, breaking down the draft picks for us. Uh, You know, I wish you nothing but success. You know that. You're one of my all-time favorites, and uh, I just appreciate not only – uh, what you did as a Red Wing, as a player, what you're doing now with the organization, but just for being a buddy, thank you very, very much, Chris. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Art. Uh, yeah, back at you. It's always, uh, it's always fun. I know how much the Red Wings mean to you, and it's, it's always enjoyable when, uh, when we get an opportunity to talk about, uh, you know, the draft picks and the draft, and, and obviously, you know, these, these twelve names that that we announced, uh, they're chasing the same, you know, the same dream that I had, and that's, uh, you know, to play in the National Hockey League, and. Um, you know, now now the work begins.
0: Yep, it certainly does. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the season <laughs> for the Red Wings yeah. to begin. Ho- mm-hmm. Hopefully they won't be off the ice for a, a complete year. So uh, uh, yeah. but I'm looking forward to that. Again, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Art. Thank you.